Tonight, I want to take us to uh, Romans chapter 12, where we've been. Um, I'm going to continue in just digging deeper into uh, some scripture that Eric uh, really did a good job with a, a couple uh, weekends ago, um, and, and that is God's spiritual gifts. God's spiritual gifts. You guys ready to study, study God's spiritual gifts tonight? Yes. Um, I believe that God has some, uh, some important challenges for us in understanding God's spiritual gifts, spirituality, uh, to, be, uh, to be correct. Um, but I want to start with a story. Um, some of you might know that I'm, I'm a handyman of types, and, and uh, every once in a while, some friends of mine will ask me to do a project for them, and, and I will give in and say, yeah, I guess I'll do that, and then I'll help, and I'll get in, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that project. Well, I was involved in this project uh, a couple months ago, and um, they asked me to, uh, to build a closet for them to uh, frame it out, drywall, do all this stuff for, uh, for this closet. And, and so I had uh, framed out the, 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 the closet itself and, and realized that part of it wasn't true. It wasn't straight. So uh, being the handyman I was, I, I took a cut piece of two by four to, to kind of pound it over uh, a little bit. And, and as I did, I, I, I was like, my mind was telling me, Sean, you need to hurry up uh, because, because you're losing time and we got, you got other things to do today. So my mind was telling me, hurry up and do this. So I picked up this piece of wood and my, right, my left hand said, I'm going to place it here. And, and, and then my other hand had the hammer, picked up the hammer, and was, was going to pound this, this certain area of this piece of wood to, to make it true, right? And, and yet my mind was saying, hurry up, Sean, you need to go faster. So in the process, I picked up the, the hammer, I stuck the wood up there, and I began to swing. My eyes thought it was going to hit a different spot, and, in the, and, and right at the same point where my hammer came, I hit my finger. And uh, I hit directly right on the tip of my finger with the hammer. It was as if someone said, put your hand on the table and I will smack your finger with this hammer. That's how I did it. Like, I literally just smacked my finger with this hammer. At that point, a lot of things happened in my body, okay? My mouth wanted to do some things that I didn't want it to do. And I started to want to say things that I shouldn't say. At the same time, pain was going through my arm, up into my brain, down my spine, and I was like, ah! And, and I, I, all I could do is want to fall on the ground. At the same time, my hand, my right hand, it didn't get hit, but it was shaking like this. Like, like, why is my hand doing that? I don't understand why my hand's doing that. It was its own response to the pain that was in my finger. At the same time, my finger is now welling up with blood. The nail underneath is starting to, 
to puff up, and now I'm starting to wonder if I'm gonna live. I grab my finger and I'm in such pain, I'm trying to figure out what to do and all I could do is pace in the house, like this. My feet were doing things that it should, I didn't tell my feet to do that, but it was saying, I'm gonna pace, I'm gonna pace. My eyes looked at it and said, oh, you're in trouble. It was interesting, all the things that my body did in the midst of this moment of crisis that I felt in my body. Now, that story is similar to the way we function as the body of believers, isn't it, sometimes? We're all connected. We're all a part of this one body, and and God has a specific plan in mind of how he wants to use us as the body of Christ you see, when, when Christ went, uh, went uh, to heaven, he, he gave gifts to men. That's what the Bible says. And yet, we are, we are rough around the edges. We're, we're not a perfect church, right? We're not this perfect body that, that is exemplifying Christ perfectly. God chose us to be his light, and to be his example to the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says that you and I are the body of Christ, literally the body of Christ, each one of us playing a significant part in that body. As Jesus walked this earth, he embodied every spiritual gift. He, he was the spiritual being, spiritual gift of, uh, in action, in one person. He prophesied, he, he ministered to people, he, he taught the masses and uh, exhorted those that came to him, his disciples. He gave liberally to those that came to him. He led with diligence and with compassion. He, he ministered mercy to to the multitudes. And when he left this earth, he, he ascended to the Father. And it says in Ephesians chapter four that he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men. So when he conquered death and he went to his Father, he also sent the Helper, the Holy Spirit, and gave spiritual gifts to every believer. Isn't that awesome? So as he left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit and he said, bing, 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 bing. And he gave you guys all gifts so that when we operated together, we would be Christ to the world. Amen. What an awesome picture that is. If you think about it, like, let's do this. Let's go, come together and let's begin to be the ultimate Jesus picture to this world. That's what he was saying. That's what he's doing. Well, tonight, we're going to go deeper into the, those spiritual gifts spoken in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. As well, we're going to look at a few other sections of Scripture. Pastor Eric did a great job the other day, uh, last Wednesday, when he went into first, the first two verses. And we're going, to, we're going to continue. He did one and two. I'm going to do three through eight tonight. And we're going to look at some things uh, 
uh, at concerning spiritual gifts. So let's look together at verse three. We're gonna read through verse eight. And it says, for I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So he's trying to say, hey, first of all, don't think very highly of yourself. If you're gonna be used as a, as a tool in God's hands, you can't be proud. You gotta be sober, sober-minded. You have, to be, you have to be humble. And then he says, you're all a part of one big thing, but you're all individuals. You're all a piece, but you're all unique. And God wants to use your uniqueness and giftedness to accomplish the greater goal of what God wants to do in this world. And then he goes on in verse six, having then giving, get, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in, portion, in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So there's a list of these beautiful gifts that God wants us to use. Now, I don't know about you, but have you, have you ever read through the Bible and you've come across those sections of Scripture on spiritual gifts and, and you, you're, you're kind of wondering why they differ. Like, when I was a youth, I, I, was, I loved Jesus and I, I loved to study the Bible when I was a, a high schooler. And I remember coming across Romans chapter 12, the section we just read, and going, wow, this is really cool. And then I would find this other list of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then I would go, now, why aren't they exactly the same and why are, I mean, did Jesus make a mistake? I mean, did God, like, forget a couple? Or, or, or did he, he add some last minute? What, what is the difference? Like, why, why is there not, why is there, why is there differences in those gifts, uh, those lists? And then, then we find another list in Ephesians chapter 4. And like, why, what is the difference? And I was so confused as a young person. I was like, God, I don't know what's wrong, but you, these aren't all the same. And, and I can't understand this. Why aren't they the same? Well, I've always wondered how they related to each other until I got a little older and I started to study the Bible a little bit more. And I realized that God did give us clarity God did give us understanding of all those things and why they're there and why, they, why those lists are, are there specifically. So Paul's basic description of spiritual gifts can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So let's turn there real quick. Keep your finger in Romans chapter 12 and then we're gonna uh, move over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. Like, I don't want you to be stupid. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be foolish regarding spiritual gifts. Now, this first verse, the word gifts, is it italicized in your Bible? Okay, what that means is we've added that for understanding, okay? So for the reader to understand really what's going on, they added the word gifts so that you could kind of understand it better, okay? But that was not in the original Greek. So if you ever come across an italicized word in your Bible, that's what that means, okay? So this word, gifts, was not there in the original Greek. So we can read it like this. Concerning spiritual brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Or we could actually change it to concerning spirituality or spiritual things. But if you add gifts, it makes it defined to one specific thing. So I want you to be careful that you don't just put that in there quickly and just leave it there because it helps to read the stuff that comes later, okay? So let's read on. In verse two, now you know that you, you, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so Paul is saying, guys, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things, and when it comes to the Spirit of God, it's gotta line up with Jesus. It's gotta reflect Jesus, it's gotta point to Jesus, it's gotta represent Jesus. It can't be some spiritual thing and it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. If, if you go to a church and there's stuff going on like that, then leave. Because that's not Jesus. And if it doesn't point you to Jesus, then that spiritual thing is not of Jesus. That's what he's saying. Then he also says, you know, he goes on in, in verse four. He says, therefore, I mean, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about spiritual things, spiritualities. He's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritualities. So, and then he goes on and he talks about these things. He hasn't moved on. He's talking about don't be ignorant. So I want you to understand, he, he's saying in verse four, there are differences of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of spiritual ministries, but the same Lord. There are, different, there are diversities of act, spiritual activities, but it's the same God who works in all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to 
to, an, to another prophecy, to another concerning of spirit, discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to the interpretation of tongues. But the one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, I want you to understand something. As I've studied spiritual gifts or spiritualities, I've recognized there's three categories. We find that right here in verse four. We have gifts, we have ministries, and then we have activities. Now activities can also be defined as manifestations of the Spirit, and that's what we just read. All of those things are manifestations of the Spirit where the Spirit is moving in someone's life and chooses to use that individual to do these things. That's the manifestation. But you don't have the gift of those things. It's a manifestation. It's the moving, it's the activity of the Spirit when he wants to do what he wants to do in a believer's life to accomplish a greater thing. That's a beautiful thing. But don't call them gifts and don't believe that you have the gift of healing because the gift of healing doesn't exist. In, in these lists, it's not a gift. It's an activity. Does that make sense? It's a manifestation of the Spirit. So I want to kind of clear that up because I was really confused when I was younger and I hopefully this has helped you. Now, now flip over to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Because I think it's important for you to understand the ministries, the spiritual ministries that exist as well. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And it says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These are the ministries or the offices that God calls people to fulfill. Okay? So these are ministries that, that in, believers in the, in the body of Christ can step into and fulfill because God's called you to fulfill that. That's why it says he gave some. He doesn't give all. He says he gives some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. So, so as you, so I want you to understand something. When you became a Christian, God gave you a gift, a spiritual gift. We call those the motivational gifts that we find in Romans chapter 12. And as you are in the body of Christ, you are to function in that gifting that God has called you to, to fulfill. And we're going to look at those gifts in, in just a minute. But as you're ministering and, and, and being a part of that body, God is also going to call some of you out to, be, to fulfill those ministries. Pastor teacher, evangelist, apostle, meaning sent out one, meaning min, uh, missionary, those that are sent, or to, be, uh, to, 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 
to fulfill all those, those things that he's called you to, to be. And so you can fulfill those roles, those, those ministries. And then as you're, as you're using your gift in the body and you maybe are stepped into a ministry, a ministry that God's called you to, he also might use your life to manifest his spirit to people around you. Maybe a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a, a pray for someone and they get healed because the spirit is moving and he, he wants to use your life that way. It's not that you can just conjure those things up and just do them, but through the power of the spirit, through the activity of the spirit, through your life, he's gonna do that. Isn't that cool? Like, are you guys excited about this? Are you like, oh my gosh, can you finish up already? I mean, to me, I get stoked about this. Like, this is like cool stuff. Like, now I get it. When Jesus left this earth, that's why he set the captives free and gave us gifts so that we could go do this. This is what it's all about. So we all in? Okay. All right, so we are, are we all in? <laughs> so in light of that, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't even know my spiritual gift. I don't even know what you're talking about, Sean. We're going to go back to Romans chapter 12 here in just a second. But I want you to understand that he's gifted you. He has spiritual gifts that he wants to use in your life. And we're going to find out what those, those are and, and, and go through them as we end out to the, to, tonight. Chuck Swindoll said this about spirit, spiritual gifts. We need both Christ's gifts and Christ's grace to exercise our individual spiritual gift. He further defined a spiritual gift as, quote, the spiritual, the, the, the supernatural ability Christ gives to his believers that enables them to perform functions in the church with effectiveness and skill. Gifts are given by the Holy Spirit for the building up, the, up, the, up of the body. We're never to be given a gift to build ourselves up, but it's to build up the body God would never give us a gift so that we could build, we could puff ourselves up. Gifts aren't given by the church. I, I can't give you a gift. The only person that gives you that is the Holy Spirit. Not a, a seminary, not a Bible college, nothing can give you a spiritual gift. Only the Holy Spirit. We can't purchase them. They're not ours to get or gain or we can pick which ones we want. They're not uh, human talents or abilities or personalities or personality traits or any of that. It's a divine thing that God gives us, given by God. Concerning spiritual gifts, here's what you need to understand. They are divine gifts given by the triune God to you. Secondly, they are different gifts. Each one is different as we will see in Romans chapter 12, they're each unique, lived out in your life. 
And then third, they are dependent gifts. They are, each gift is valuable and dependent upon the other. Just like when I was sharing in my story about what happened with my finger, that each piece was, of the body was connected and it was communicating. And so we need to communicate and be in communication and be affecting each other's life. And oftentimes, we can come in the church, listen to a sermon, and walk right out and never be a part of this bigger group of people. And that was never God's intention for you. He wants you to be involved with the greater whole. So, so the purpose of spiritual things, spiritual gifts, is to edify and equip the body for the work of the ministry, for the profit of all, so that everyone is encouraged and built up. So with that in mind, let's go back to Romans chapter 12, and I want to go back into looking at these gifts. Well, we started with verse 3. We need to be humble. We need to start with a sober mind, not a super mind. We need to have a humble heart yielded to the master in verse 3 in order to be used in order for these gifts to be used to the degree that Christ wants to use them in your life. And then verse, and then we jump down to verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let's use them, right? Like, every Father's Day I receive gifts from my family. My daughters, they love me. And um, this year I got this pair of pants. Just, I wore them tonight, just for tonight. I, I got them from one of my daughters. I got a shirt from one of my daughters. I got, I've gotten tools. I've gotten things from my wife, you know, for, you're a great father. And it's, it says, best father, and whatever it is. You know, you know how many of you have gotten those? You know, like, yeah. And sometimes... Sometimes I get that stuff and, and I, I just put it over on the side of my dresser area. And, and, and sometimes those things never get used. Now that's sad. It was a gift from my daughter or from my wife. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm being honest now and in front of all of you, but, um, and, and yet, if I don't use them, they become useless. I know, it was deep. Um, useless. So if I have a tool that was given to me and I don't use it, what purpose does it have? It has no purpose. It's useless. Warren Wearsby says this about spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a God-given ability to serve God and other Christians in such a way that God is glorified and believers are edified. God, Paul is convinced that each and every one of us has a gift or gifts and that we should use them. 
So are you using your gift? You've been given a beautiful gift. It's divine from the Holy Spirit. And yet, is it being used? Well, the first gift here is prophecy. The gift of prophecy is a verbal gift. It, 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 you can define the gift of prophecy by saying, by calling it that it declares the truth. That gift can be defined by declaring the truth. If, if it were a body part, <laughs> it would be the eyes. The word prophecy literally means to cause to shine. It's really what it means. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to take the word of God and cause it to shine. So, the gift of prophecy is, is speaking forth the word of God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's being a conduit through which the Lord may speak his word and his will to the body. Prophecy. Now, what does this gift look like in the life of Christ? Well, let's take a look at it. Look, turn over with me to Luke chapter 4. We're going to look at this really quick. Luke chapter 4. It's when Jesus goes into the synagogue and he opens up the scripture to Isaiah 61. And it says in verse 16 of chapter 4, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as, he, as, and it, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight of, to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to become, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he, he closed the book <clears throat> and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. A moment of taking God's word and proclaiming it to all that were there for greater understanding of who Jesus was. <clears throat> so here's this, this gift, the gift of prophecy. What does a gift of prophecy look like in your life? Well, maybe you see things really black and white. You see truth, and it's a beautiful gift. You see truth, and you want to speak that truth out because you know it's going to affect people's lives if you don't. And if that's you, use your gift to call out truth, to speak truth out so that people don't lose their way. Use God's word to bring forth the God's, God's truth in someone's life. Oftentimes, a, a person with this gift <clears throat> can see things clearly. 
the problem. They can see the problem very clearly. And they can see, they, you tend to see things really black and white. Gift of ministry. <clears throat> the definition of the gift of ministry is practicing the truth. Prophecy was declaring the truth. This is practicing the truth. Ministry can also be defined as service, the gift of service. It's a nonverbal gift. If it were a body party, it would be the hands. It would be getting in there and, and just doing the work and, and, and making things happen. Uh, the Greek word for this, it means deacon. It, it, it literally means to serve. Um, the word service literally means to wait on someone, to wait on, it, it, to serve tables. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to serve, to serve, and to serve more. It's a beautiful gift. Oftentimes, someone that loves and has this gift, they don't need to hear a, a thank you. They're just doing the stuff behind the scenes. They're just serving, loving people, just caring, sweeping up things, and, and, and they love it. It fills their tank. <clears throat> a person with a gift of service often finds his joy or her joy in meeting the needs of others. How does this gift operate in, in Jesus' life? Well, in John chapter 13, turn with me there. <clears throat> John chapter 13, you see this beautiful moment in, in Jesus' ministry. It's coming to the end, and he says in verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father has given all things into his hands, that he had come to come that he had come from God and was going to God rose from supper and laid aside his garments took a towel girded himself and after he poured the water into the basin and began he began to wash the disciples feet to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded Jesus God and human flesh comes and he serves by getting down and, and kneeling down and loving his disciples by washing their feet. And we know the story, Peter didn't like that, did he? <laughs> He's like, Jesus, you're not gonna wash my feet. And he said, well, yes I am, <laughs> in short. Service. Maybe that's your gift, and maybe you need to use it in the body. You love to serve. <clears throat> Jesus also said about service in Mark 10, 44 and 45, it says, And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus didn't just talk about serving. <clears throat> he modeled serving for us. 
Next is the gift of teaching. What is the gift of teaching? The, the gift of teaching is a verbal gift, obviously. This gift can be defined as explaining the truth. Explaining the truth. This is the mind of the body. The mind of the body. Re- Someone that has this gift loves to research and to instruct and communicate information so that there's understanding and growth. This gets you excited to be able to sit and study and to impart that truth to someone else. The gift, the the Greek word here literally means instruct or to teach by word of mouth. The idea here is a person who has information or who sought out information and desires to deliver that in such a way that influences and changes the minds of the people that are there. It's both giving information and also learning of information to give. God has given some men and women the supernatural ability to instruct and teach the Bible in, in a way that they can, that people can understand it and take it and then impart it to others. While the gift of prophecy is God's ability to, to proclaim, um, the, the gift of teaching is God's ability to systematically, regularly instruct someone through the word of God. A person with the gift of teaching often will love to study and to read, like I said before. How does this look in in the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate teacher, right? He would gather people and they they would be just stuck on every word that he was saying. He, He would instruct their hearts and they didn't even know that They were getting instructed. He was such a good teacher. Literally dozens of times in in the New Testament, Jesus was teaching. In fact, they even called him teacher, teacher, multiple times. Classic, the classic moment for me when Jesus was, was doing this was the Sermon on the Mount. You see this moment in Matthew chapter five and Jesus is sitting, he, 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 It says, and he went up on the mountainside and sat down and he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for theirs, for they will be comforted. And he goes on and on and on and he starts to teach their hearts and instruct them. And I could imagine just being there, soaking it in, being taught. If you have that gift, use it. Find a place, find a place inside the church. Find a way to use it. Find, use it in your family. Use it wherever God has placed you, but use your gift. Next is the gift of exhortation. What is the gift of exhortation? It's a verbal gift. We can define it as applying the truth. This is the mouth of the body. It cares for the spiritual needs of others. To exhort means to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort those around you so that they can keep going. You can do this. 
You're the one that comes alongside someone and says, hey man, you can, you can walk this out. Here's some scripture. I believe in you. You're, you're made in the image of God. Let's do this. Get up and start moving. This is the gift of exhortation. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to help people apply the truth of God's word in their everyday lives. A gifting of discipleship and mentorship, advising and helping and leading in someone's life. A Christian who exhorts is divinely gifted in helping move people forward in the church. What does this gift look like in in the life of Jesus? Well, if you remember Revelation chapter two, Jesus speaks to the the church, the churches, and, and in chapter two it says, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance that you cannot endure you, you can't endure evil men. You put to the t- and you put and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you f- you are found and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance, and you have endured for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have come, where you have fallen, and repent, and do not do the deeds that you did at first, or else I'm coming to you, and I will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. It's, it's the kind words of Jesus. You've been strong, you've been faithful, you've been doing the things that I've asked you to do. You're a good church, but this I have against you. You've lost your first love. Your love for me is not as strong and you need to change. Come on, get up. Let's do this and move forward. That's the gift of exhortation. If that's you, use your gift. The gift of giving. It's a a nonverbal gift. It it means to support the truth, supporting the truth. It's the arms of the body. To give means to impart or to share. The idea that a giver gives out of their resources. They love to pour out blessing upon blessing. It's the person that is that you're around and they say, let me pay for that. Let me take you out to lunch. Let me do this for you. Let me uh, take care of that for you. If that's your gift, use it for God's glory. What does that look like in, in the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus was the ultimate giver, right? Jesus was always giving his life away. He was always giving his time. He was always giving his, uh, his ministry to his disciples, giving his life as a ransom for many. 
The Bible tells us while we were yet sinners, Christ what died for us, giving his life. The beautiful picture of the ultimate giver, Jesus. The gift of leading. This gift is also can be understood as the gift of uh, organization or administration. Some people are, are divinely uh, gifted to administrate, to organize ministry. Um, this, is, this is defined as organizing the truth. The body uh, part that this would be would be the shoulders of the body. They, they take on the, the, the heaviness of, of a ministry and they move it forward by organizing these things and standing, standing in, in its place to lead and to administrate. Gifted by God to organize and administrate God's work. It could be in a single area or it could be in multiple areas, but you see the big picture. You're, you're, you understand the, the directions and, and how to delegate and how to move this forward so it can happen in, and be effective. So, so what, is, what does that look like in, in the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus, uh, we see it in, in uh, when he feeds the 5,000. He, he sits down his disciples, right, and he says, okay, guys, um, we have five loaves and two fish, and he, he spreads them out in his disciples, and he gives them, and he says, I want you now to go out, and I want you to get everyone in, in small groups, and then we're going to now then go feed them. And he's organizing and administrating this massive feeding. And in the midst of it, he multiplies the food. It's the picture of Jesus in this gifting. So if that's your gift, use it for God's glory. And lastly is the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy is a nonverbal gift and a verbal gift. It is defined as ministering the gospel. This is the heart of the body. It is, it is the essence of the care that needs to be within a group. Mercy me literally means to show and extend compassion. The general meaning is to have compassion or mercy on a person in a very unhappy circumstance. It's the person that comes alongside someone that sees someone from afar off and they, they go, I, oh, I gotta go talk to them. I gotta go love on them. Where someone with a teaching gift might go, you know what, I don't know. Uh, I, maybe I just need to instruct them. No, but the, the person with mercy comes alongside. They're, they're the ones that care. They're, they're wanting to put the arms around that person and say, hey, it's okay. It's a beautiful gift in the hands of God. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to come alongside others to help encourage and build up and help them in difficult and tough times. If that's you, use your gift for God's glory. Jesus operated in this gift. His, all of his ministry was rooted in mercy. 
He was a merciful man. He, he had mercy on, on people as, they, as he walked. You, you, would, you would hear about the Samaritan or, or this uh, or the blind that would be healed. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 29, these two blind, uh, blind uh, individuals say, have mercy on us, teacher. Son of David, have mercy on us. And he stops and he says, what would you like me to do? And he said, open our eyes. And he goes over and he heals them and they are, they are healed. And, and God has, Jesus has mercy on them. And it says that he was moved with compassion toward them. So as we, as we close, I, I want to encourage you. Like, I hope that you got a better picture about spiritual gifts and spiritual things, spiritualities that God has called us to. And as a body, how he wants to use us. But please, every one of you believers has one of these gifts. What is it? And I want you to move in it. I want you to be, this is your homework. I want you to go find a way this week to use that gift and use it well. And then come back to church and continue to be used by that, used, used in that area. And you just watch what God would do in the body if we do that. You know why? Because Jesus was effective. Jesus walked and he did all those, he had all those gifts and he ministered to people all, all the time. And if that's what Jesus did, he left that for us. And he said, I can't give you all of them because then that would be too much. He said, that would be like me and you. I'm gonna give you part of it so you have to work together. And I want you to be a body of me going out to effectively love and care for this world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the goodness of your grace. You're so gracious to us, Lord. We don't deserve any of these gifts, ministries, or manifestations, Lord, but you choose to use tools like us, individuals that are broken, just normal, and yet you bestow these gifts on us and you desire to use us. And so, Lord, I thank you for that opportunity to be divinely gifted by you. Oh, Lord. And yet we don't want to take it for granted. And so tonight as we take communion, as we, as we finish out tonight in, in worship, Lord, I pray Lord, that we would remember what you've gifted us in. And that, Lord, that you would remind us of the giver. Remind us of you. And that we wouldn't take it for granted, Lord, but we would thank you for it as we take communion together. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.